Welcome to Justice Rising, a podcast of the Intercommunity Peace and Justice Center, where we explore emerging justice work through story and relationship. I'm your host, Cecilia Flores. For this episode, in celebration of Filipino American History Month, I give space to my ate, or big sister, Lauralyn Solano, to share her story of growing up as the daughter of Filipino immigrants. Immersed at the intersection of faith and justice as a lay ecclesial minister, Lauralyn shares how she navigates working within the institutional side of the church while advocating for representation and celebration of diversity within the realm of faith formation. Now, two highlights from this interview worth taking notes on are, one, her reflection on intergenerational trauma and how young people can lead the way for healing, and two, how Filipino collective identity can help inform celebration of diversity in the church. Before we begin, I want to let you know that this episode touches upon sensitive topics. Aspects of the episode discuss racial slurs, abuse, and suicide. If you or someone you know is affected by any of these topics and in need of resources, I will include a list in the show notes. If these topics are going to impact you in a negative way, we want to encourage you to honor and take care of yourself and skip this episode or come back to it on a day you feel more ready to engage. And it's totally okay to join me again on November 2nd for the next episode. And welcome back to this episode of Justice Rising. I'm so excited to celebrate Philippinex, Filipino, Filipine. We'll get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> heritage. No, history. Oh my gosh. History. We'll talk about that too. Filipino American History Month is the month of October, and I'm so excited um, for the guest that I have on with me today, who is a fellow Filipina um, here in the U.S. um, and a very longtime good friend of mine, um, both personally and in the ministry world. Um, And her name is Lauralyn Solano. And Lauralyn, can you introduce yourself to all of our listeners? Sure. (laughs) Well, thank you. My name is Lauralyn Solano. Uh, Foreman Tara Solano, if you want to include my uh, my maiden name. I am, I guess, a second generation of Filipino American. My parents immigrated, actually, grandparents and parents immigrated. So, uh, on one of the the waves, um, I am. I work as the assistant director for lay formation in the Catholic Diocese of uh, Sacramento. Um, but what I'm saying here is not <laughs> representative of them exactly. It could be if it's good. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I am. What else about me? I'm, I'm married, mother of four. My eldest child is biracial. She's also um, uh, her father was was killed, so we've got some experience there. Uh, my three younger ones are also i guess they would be the third generation philams you know mm. their father is also philippine their father's filipino american as well yeah grew up in norcal um northern bay area northeast bay area <laughs> so i guess that's like you know if you want to narrow down the culture that's where i come from so so that might spill out i don't know i've been in sacramento for a bit so we'll see how i know me too <laughs> <laughs> how much of that is comes out right now, I wanted to invite you on for this specific episode because, um, you know, you mentioned your background and like how you grew up, but you also have, um, an, you have a degree in ethnic studies, right? Yep, sure do. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, I'm like, wow, like you have a degree in ethnic studies and then you work in the church. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's just kind of interesting, um, you know, knowing you personally and like your life experience of some of the things that you've shared already um, and just like navigating all of those things. And I know that, you know, justice is something that's important to you. 
um, and you've shared, you know, widely with the community and through your work um, in just a very humble way of how you carry that, you know, with you in all of these spaces that you're in. So can you share about like the type of work that you do? Because, you know, you work in a diocese, but you also, you know, maybe people have an idea of what they think that means. And I think <laughs> they might think maybe that doesn't connect with justice work unless you're in like the justice and peace office. Oh, um, but yeah. maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Cause I think it's a really interesting intersection. Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. Like it's some people wouldn't think that it was compatible, <laughs> I guess you could say, but, um, so I work in faith formation. So, uh, primarily for lay people, which would be basically anyone who is not an ordained deacon or, or priest. So, um, and, uh, my role is to help form them in the faith and, um, I think that's critical when it comes to justice work. So um, the faith is uh, Jesus came, you know, he knew that we were in trouble down here because we were killing each other. And, you know, we, we were going Among to other things, right? Path, right. And, and then he's like, oh man, what, what's going on? You know? And he's like, um, so when it comes to the faith, like, the, you know, if we look at the Old Testament, there were, there were prophets, there were kings, there were judges, all these things trying to get, get the people to, gosh, you know, get things right and um all those things happen and you know in in our faith in the catholic faith the, the the belief is that jesus sent his son or god sent his son which is just to come down tell everyone how to act <laughs> and then the ultimate sacrifice you know he i mean if we we're talking about justice like mankind like didn't deserve mercy because the scales were tipped where you know there it was like eye for an eye so um he came and then he um he sacrificed himself for that debt and in order so that we might be free uh and 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 continue on the good work that he was doing pretty much freeing everybody freeing creation to be what it's meant to be naturally meant to be to you know to live in in peace and in goodness and and use whatever god-given gifts we have freely without anyone suppressing that so um so I guess that's my work, you know, the, all the church documents, we use scripture, we use, um, you know, teachings of the church, which are all meant to free man from what we call slavery, in a sense, slavery to sin, where, you know, some people don't understand, they're like, oh, I, I should be free to do whatever I want to do. But when it comes to certain things, you're not necessarily free, like you could be free mm. to drink, but then th those things grab a hold of you. you, you know, you could be free to live a life you want to, but you don't realize like you, you succumb to that. And then you're, you know, you're beholden to whatever it is that you're not truly free to be who you were meant to be. So I guess you could say that's my role is to try to create and develop programs and train leaders on how to help people be formed with understanding that God gave himself to you so that you don't have to suffer and that you can freely be who he intended you to be. Right. So you call him God, creator, whatever you call him, but like you were given life and you were given life to live you know, freely and abundantly and, mm -hmm. and um, without reserve, you know, for a purpose. So I guess in short, if that makes any sense. No, that makes, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know what formation offices do, I think. So that makes perfect sense. Um, and I think it's so important, you know, in doing formation work, like there's this kind of feeling sometimes I think, you know, injustice work um, with folks who are working with it very hands-on that sometimes like, where is God? 
you mm. know? Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also a feeling I feel like in the formation world is sometimes of like, where's the justice? Like y'all, mm. <laughs> y'all don't talk, right? It's almost like, I don't want to say they're competing, but for folks who are kind of more immersed in one side than the other, if there were sides, I don't really think there's sides. Um, right. I think it's all like one body um, oh, yeah. working yeah. together, but you know, there, there, it's kind of this idea if you compartmentalize it, that like, what do they have to do with each other? Um, and how does that work when we're looking at things like, you know, we're celebrating Filipino heritage, sorry, I keep saying heritage, Filipino history, <laughs> history Filipino month, yeah. American history month. Yeah. And, you know, like that's about culture. And some people are like, well, culture is not important. Like when we're talking about formation, we just need to focus on formation, right? We don't need to be talking about other things. Um, what is your take <laughs> on on that kind of stuff? Because I'm, I'm sure you, you made a face. So I know you've probably heard stuff like that. Um, <laughs> what is your take on that? Especially, you know, coming from an ethnic studies background. I mean, I'm, yeah. obviously, you know how important this is. Um, but for folks who say, right, like there's one faith. You know, like it's formation, we're Catholic, right? That those types of messages. What what is your take on that? <laughs> uh, uh, it's kind of funny to the, the folks that say it's one faith, you know, we're, we're all Catholic and sometimes they want to be like, I'm sorry, I don't understand you. Um, you're not speaking Latin, you're not speaking Aramaic, because if you were really gonna narrow it down, if you were speaking Hebrew, I might understand you, but you're speaking English, you know, like why did you adjust it from it what was originally? <laughs> Why are you using those terms? <laughs> and why are you talking to me? Maybe you should be writing this. <laughs> so like, a letter, just, right? Write, write me a letter. <laughs> you know, and it's like people don't realize, like you know, the the that we've um, we've evolved as a people. You know, people think, oh, Jesus came and um, like, and you know, revelation is complete. You know, and yeah, you know, that's right. Jesus came and told us, but we're still human, we're still developing, we're still learning, right? And it's like, there is one one truth, but do you know it all? Mm-hmm. Has it been revealed to you, you know? And it's like, yes, you have, you know, we believe that the source of all revelation we have, but like, and when I say what's revealed is like all the things that are kind of hidden, we don't understand, you know, I guess, you know, to the Old Testament folks, like what they were waiting for, we believe that Jesus was a fulfillment of all of that. So you get some people say, well, we already got Jesus, you know, like, why do we have to, you know, dance? Why is there this cultural dance that's involved? Why are we using paroles? Why are we, you know, why are we singing these songs and these, you know, and then you've got some of those, it's, it's only a Latin, you should only be doing it in Latin, you know, and it's like, you know, and these, these, you know, sometimes I hear people from the United States, the American church who are telling us, you know, this is how we should worship. And then like what you're telling the the Filipino brothers and sisters how to worship when we came here from a country that's been Christian Catholic for over 500 years, longer than your country has been standing, right? right? So so you're going to tell me that this is how, you know, and, you know, I get it. I get it. Some people are, I would say some, some people are just mm, insecure in their faith where they mm. want to hold on to this is how it has to be right and um almost in a way that they don't trust god or they feel like they have to defend god when it comes Mm. to to uh, you know it has to be taught this way you know and it's like there's no there's no divert you shouldn't divert from this because it has to be this way but it's like god spoke the language of the people right Mm. um he he you know he sent out his apostles to different parts of the world and spoke the language of the people they immersed themselves um 
you know, there's there's church documents that are even about this. There's these Ecclesian Oceana on how to, um, mm. you know, how you know how how we should be worshiping in this part of the world and beyond. You know, and the people from this part of the world. So ethnic studies, you know, some people, especially now, like it's like a hot thing, <laughs> especially in California. I know, because- right? It's become a standard. People find like you have a you have a degree in ethnic studies. Oh my gosh, you know, and you're for the church. Like, what are you doing? You know, and it's like, <laughs> all, I think all ethnic studies is 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 the added volumes to the history books that we didn't get in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we we had yeah. volume one, which was like American history, world history, which was very Eurocentric. Yeah, there was a whole world that had stuff going on. This is what ethnic studies is, right? Mm-hmm. These are the additional stories. This is the additional um, history. And um, are you telling me God didn't work there? You know, mm. God obviously was working there. So we, we have to connect that. All things in heaven and all things in earth with Christ's head. It's not just all things in nor- nor- you know Northern America and in Central Europe or in Europe <laughs> with... Um, <laughs> with joshua he has head you know like yeah like it's like my gosh like trust that god created so many beautiful and wonderful things and he wants to reveal that to all of us mm. and you know like i'm sorry you know i'm sorry i mean there's always going to be people that want to hold on to their way you know they, that, that mm-hmm. don't want to budge and you know that's up to you and and for me like what i've told other ministers in this area is that there's a story in scripture about the the ground you know there's the hard ground and then there's yeah like just needs to be watered <laughs> keep that relationship and water it you know yeah and sometimes mm-hmm. it needs to be broken down you can get a backhoe and like <laughs> <laughs> the tiller <laughs> the tiller yeah so, so for people who are like you know yeah. they're not compatible like well then we're you're studying the wrong religion because this didn't evolve from right here <laughs> we want to you know it's funny because we, we got to do the journeying together thing in um in in chicago and yeah. something that stood out to me that i love was father tony Mazar, and when he said um someone asked him so you know when did your people when did your people convert or become become christian or and whatever? he's um a maronite priest right? he's a maronite that, yeah priest. yeah and he said oh yeah when when jesus was walking where my ancestors were, were living <laughs> That's when we became Christians. like we was the originals. <laughs> and it was like, oh my gosh! So and they looked at as foreign, you know, like yeah, you know, like yeah. um, no, there, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that so interesting? I mean, it's like you were saying, you know, we just recently commemorated the 500 year, you know, anniversary of the Christianity arriving in the Philippines, which you know yeah. has its controversies for, oh yeah, of yeah. course, right? Um, and we're not trying to glaze over that, but I think it's it's being in the church and like recognizing exactly what you're saying, like to know you come from a culture and, you know, whether that's Filipino, whether that's somewhere in the middle, wherever, right. Cause there's right. so many deep and deeply rooted and very long histories of faith mm-hmm. um, in different forms, you know, um, right. a deep connection to God in some way. And then people come and tell you, right. Like that's not how you, it's supposed, you know, quote unquote, supposed yeah. to be done or you know that god doesn't like worship in that way or you know and and some of these things it's kind of like um not like you know can you can you forward me that email that he <laughs> yeah it's so interesting but i like that you're kind of highlighting like people want to hold on um yeah. to things and you know it, part of it is kind of knowing right 
is this soil that needs to be watered mm-hmm. or tilled? And like, you know, am I supposed to water it? Someone else supposed to water it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or am I coming in with the backhoe or is that someone else's job? Right. And I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of discernment that comes with that. Yeah. As far yeah. as like doing that type of work, when we're talking about how do we talk about culture in the context of faith and, and it can get a little tricky sometimes. Oh yeah. It gets very complicated. We, we humans like to complicate things, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the history, the history of humanity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, talking about like history, I want to go a little bit into, you know, I know that obviously you have an ethnic studies background. So like culture is something that's very important to you, but I know you you're involved in other things in different ways. And, you know, what is your origin story or maybe like some moments in your life or a moment in your life that you feel like has been very pivotal in kind of landing you where you are right now? Hmm. Gosh, there's so many like points and then I was thinking about that too like where I, I don't think there was like a major turn in my life I think it's just been small little you know adjustments like painful adjustments like if you get your braces like fixed, a or, right yeah <laughs> or you set the bone right right yeah and um yeah so you know like from a very young it actually like I wasn't made aware of this until I was an adult but um we, we were doing a training here and about um gosh it was kind of like you know we have that anti-racism training in a sense right so we had to discuss this discussion and we partnered up with people and the person I partnered up with was a middle-aged white male you know professional and um, we were given a question to share with each other and the question was when did you know about race when were you aware that of your race right and he his story you know and, and and it's valid Right. But his story was like he was older. He's like a teenager. And he found out that his aunt was Mexican. Right. And he didn't he didn't say much about it, but he was just like, oh, this is, you know, I've always known her. She's my aunt. She married my uncle. You know, these are my, my cousin's mom and she's Mexican. And he was just like he said he remembers thinking, huh, that's interesting. And then just went about his day. So this is what he shared. Right. And I was like, this guy is not going to be ready for what I have to share. <laughs> And then so I'm like, well, I guess we're just going to be honest and we're going to learn from one another. And I said, well, you know, I was pretty young. You know, I I think like, I don't know, I was was a little kid, maybe four, five. Right. And we were um, at my grandma's house. All of us cousins playing, you know, by a little Filipino kids like, you know, playing all over the house. And then um, she had visitors. And one of them, I think it was a Filipino woman who was married to a white man. And then she, right away, like, she told us how to behave. She's like, and she told us pretty much stay in the room, right? And um, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So so I see my grandma, like, she comes in, and then she they introduce us. You know, she only made sure that we look clean or whatever, you know, whatever that meant. Because, <laughs> you know, just native dirty. <laughs> I don't know. Gosh, right? <laughs> but, so, you, this is this is, like, the early 80s. My mm-hmm. grandma had immigrated in, like, the 60s. Um, and it's a Fairfield, California. So there's not too many, you know, it was a, it was a, there are military bases nearby. So, you know, they weren't new to diversity, but it's still predominantly mm-hmm. white, white, you know, mm-hmm. white area. So my grandma's speaking differently and she's holding herself differently. And she's, you know, I'm like, why is she acting like that? You know, and why do we have to act like, and then, you know, and then I realized that, that over guy. time is that guy, like, who is he? 
And then why is he get the nice table? Why are they giving the nice food? You know, like, and that's, that's what stood out to me. So my partner, and I'm telling this and he's like, oh, <laughs> and he's like, how old were you? I said, I think four. I like, like kindergarten younger. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and I said, yeah. And so that from that moment, on, I learned that when white people are around, I have to adjust myself. Mm. I have to, I have to act a certain way. I have to speak a certain way. I have, yeah. I can't be who I am. Right. So, um, <laughs> so that, uh, but that, I, I guess when that would be the beginning point of realizing that I was different, you know, like, yeah. um, or like quote unquote different, right. Cause quote, like, yeah. when you're yeah. with your people, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. Like, no, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, huh, we're not we can't be free to be who, how we are mm. in, in, in a particular environment with particular people, you know, cause like yeah. I've been to like, I remember going to Filipino parties and whatever. And it's like, you know, all of us are all over the place. No one but gave you like, a tutorial right on behavior. Yeah. You how, how you behave. Right. Like it's yeah. just, you know, but then when, when there's someone new, you know, you notice like the adults change in the way they act and everything mm-hmm. like that. So that like that, that, that was, that became a pattern over time that I, mm-hmm. I started to recognize. Um, and then, you know, just, just as I was a very quiet, observant child. So just, you know, noticing, noticing these things. I remember, you know, going to school, going to faith formation classes, like these things over time were all okay. And then um, I moved, uh, we moved to Guam, right? So, mm. oh man, that was. I was in I was in my element because everyone in the class was brown. You're right, <laughs> right. You're like so, island people. <laughs> yeah, like it was so cool, you know. And, and then I realized, like you know, when we would have a few white kids in the class, they were very. They felt like the the minority. Like I remember one guy who was just, and uh, kids could be mean, you know. And then yeah. back then there there's, you know, there was uh, there's a term in Hawaii that they also use in, in Guam for haole. So you know. Uh-huh. Or, or there, some of the kids used a different word, you know, and that's what they would call the kids. And I was like, oh gosh, I felt uncomfortable for those kids because those look like the kids that I grew up with when I was living in Nortel, yeah. you know. And then so just, just you know, that kind of experience was really interesting over time, and, you know. And then as I grew up, you know, we moved back, and then I, um, I, my first real relationship was with a with a black guy, you know, a black man in in high school. And we were together for like 10 years. And then I realized the way that people would treat him. I started to see these things. And, and I'm saying this I, in, in regards to, to race, because I guess that's one of the more things that stood out. Yeah. Um, so that was pivotal, you know, and seeing how, you know, he, we were followed in the store or the police were, you know, that why he would want me to drive, you know, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and then, you know, we ended up having a child. Um, and how she was treated differently, even amongst Filipinos, you know, mm. even amongst my own family, you know, and um, all of these things were slowly, you know, and then and then seeing it happen from, you know, people who were Catholic, you know, Christian Catholic, you're supposed to be good and glorifying the Lord. And, you know, especially in the charismatic movement, they're like, oh, Jesus. All day. <laughs> and yet they're the same folks who will be like, OK, you know, to to the to the white guy sit at the head of the table and then. To everyone else, the darker you are, the further away you kind of, you know, mm-hmm. are shut, are shoot away. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, you know. Yeah. So like, it's like, it's funny we call it justice rising, but like anger rising, right? And like, <laughs> this is just wrong, right? Like, this is wrong. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh man, and then, you know, you don't realize that, you know, 
these kind of things, these lays, what are they called? The, um, the little mosquito bites, the little, mm. um, I forgot the term, microaggressions. Microaggressions, you know, all yeah. The time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh man, and I get to college and, you know, ethnic studies, like, oh my God, you know, like, <laughs> like why was there only one paragraph about, you know, the Filipino American War? Mm. If it's even in there, right? Yeah. yeah. After the Spanish American War, like, no one like it's it's this big but it's significant because the philippines yeah. won yeah right <laughs> and it was like a super long war too right yeah like, you're talking about no 30 yeah, days yeah, just, like, yeah like no like and, and 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 the philippines gained independence you know and yeah. it's like you know why, why why are these things eliminated you know and it's like and then seeing what my grandparents went you know and then just you know going through family history and and then asking the stories and then one of my classes like I was so thankful for because he he asked I mean, most of us were cut came from immigrant families and he asked us to do a um an, an oral interview so record oh, a, you yeah. know so I um I I interviewed my dad and about his um his story and his immigration story and where he came from and everything and it's like oh my gosh I didn't realize like the racism that he had to deal with and you know um all the difficulties you had to deal with and you know kind of going back to like that, that experience when you were in in um chicago there was the fighting from the the young adults and then the, the older adults and and the young adults being affected because um they felt shut down and the older adults who were like you need to hold it together you know because <laughs> you guys are being too yeah. emotional yeah. When, when, when dealing mm-hmm. with a racial with a, a, a racial incident and then yeah. the young adults feeling hurt um because they felt like their own people were shutting them down. And I yeah. thought of my dad in that instance. You know, mm. that's, why, that's why I decided to talk, you know, because my dad, thinking of my dad's experience of racism in the Navy and, you know, and growing up, like, he was by himself, you know. There, there, there wasn't an outlet to express yourself the way there is now for a lot of young adults who can say something, who can go on Twitter, who can get, get people behind them to support yeah. them. They were alone. You know, yeah. my dad was alone when his chief was calling him a monkey when, oh you know, you know, when um, or my grandmother was discriminated against because she's got four boys and, you know, she was a widow, you know, and trying to navigate America. Right. Like hearing all these stories that they had, they had to toughen up. They had to take it. They had to like they couldn't just cry like they were know? trying to survive. Right. They were surviving. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they needed to do what they had to do and they made it through, you know not unscathed like they were damaged Mm. but um you know and I thought of them in that moment where you know the young adults couldn't feel that because the young adults in that room while they experienced the the fallout from a lot of those things they were actually in a time and place where they could say it whereas the older folks grew up in a time and place where they couldn't Mm. so and that's where I talk about the hard ground also like you've got yeah. the hard ground of the adults that had to be hard in order to survive yeah and it might take the tears of the younger adults to, to soften that you know that's where it has to come together right like you can cry help them cry you know and mm. you're tough like help them toughen up you know? Dang. so um yeah I'm sorry I probably went way off tangent no I mean that that says a lot because I think you know, I think there there might be folks who feel like they haven't experienced racism or discrimination. Um, but it's like these little things, right? Like that you're naming, like maybe something big didn't happen, but 
I'm like, yeah, I remember being told to like behave yeah. <laughs> like yeah. in certain places. And, you know, yeah. I remember, you know, depending on where we were going, we had to dress a certain way and, you know, I, and those are little things. Like, I, I mean, even just now, as you were sharing that, I was like, that's, that's real. Like, I still feel like I have to do that now, like, oh, heck yeah. you know, and I of mean, course I'm not saying yeah. like, I wear pajamas to mass. Like I'm not, right, <laughs> I'm not, right. which, but if you do, that's, that's, on, that's fine <laughs> that's too, you. <laughs> you know, but you know, like, but, but there's still this like feeling, right. And I'm, you know, as a woman of color, like there, there is a feeling like when, like, I know, like I'm going to be in a room of predominantly white folks, um, that like, okay, there's a certain way I have to talk. There's a certain way I have to credential myself to have credibility in this oh, space. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that's so important because, you know, you've gone from all of this stuff you've experienced to now being like in the church where a lot of people might say that's <laughs> like the one place you can't be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which, yeah. Again, that's a controversial thing to say, but you know what I mean? Like folks no, true. might feel like, you know, if there's anywhere they have to clean, you know, present themselves in a certain way, that's going to be the space. Um, <laughs> and I'm just wondering, I, again, I think it's, I think there's a lot of people who work in the church who are listening. How do you navigate that? Because that's hard. You know, you, you, you grew up with this, you're aware of it, right? This idea yeah. that like, depending on who's in the room, I have to, you know, some people are treated differently and, right. you know, some people are treated better than me. Um, yeah. and some people are given a preference while, you know, how does that show up in the work that you do, like on a daily basis and like daily interactions? Cause you work for the church, right? You're a representative yeah, yeah. of the church. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of people work for the church and a lot of people have different ideas and different thoughts. And just yeah. how does that come to life? This idea of like, you know, embracing culture and letting people be their true selves. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think it's funny because our true selves, you know, like do, do most people know who their true self is, right? Because they, they, for so long, they've had to adjust, right? So who is my true self? Like, is my true self like you know bay area like you know like should i be saying hello all the time like this is where i came from like but then that would discount like the last 10 years that i've been you know working in this area like is that my true self you know and it's like mm -hmm. <laughs> i was i'm thinking about you know the one place where you you said where the the one place where people can't be themselves it seems like it's the church and there was a, there's this joke way back in the day I don't know if you remember Kings of Comedy on BT oh right? I do yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, they were like they were saying how um you know they're just calling out the women who were like in the club that night and then you see them in church the next day all cleaned <laughs> up right and it's like, <laughs> and it's like many of us have been that person <laughs> yes <laughs> present company <laughs> i may or may not have like lived experience of <laughs> so like just thinking like well which one is your true self right and yeah. it's like you know, and it's like it's all your true self right like mm. like i mean part of part of being human is just knowing how to how to be aware right mm -hmm. be aware but then like when you're in an environment that's oppressive of how of your comfort uh, you know it doesn't mean that you lay it on the pew like oh this I'm comfortable laying down but um you know if I feel like I have to hide the way I speak or how I hide you know how I look or I have to tell you ahead of time like here's my card now you can respect me you know or let me speak so you can see how great my English is <laughs> right 
<laughs> let me, you know, and it, you know, yeah, being in the church where, especially here, where it's like people, the the leadership is 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 very white, you know, it's mm-hmm. very um and proper, you know, and I, there's been a person who I worked with who said they're not ready ready to be professional ministers. He's speaking about a graduating class of master master degrees in Spanish, right? So it was GPPM, GPPM, Graduate Program Pastoral Ministries. Um, this was a Spanish-speaking cohort. And he said that this is a, an official in the diocese who's no longer with us, who said, oh, they're not ready to be professional ministers. And I'm like, I had to stop for a minute. I'm like, what the heck is a professional minister? They've been ministering this whole time. Yeah. You know, they, and doing it well. And like, and then I had to question like, damn, am I, am I a professionalist? <laughs> yeah. Right. Wait, based on your qualifications, I don't yeah. think I make the cut. Yeah. Is that like, well, and then am I selling myself out? Right. Mm. And, and it's like, okay, so how do I be who I am? And when, it, what it comes down to, and I think what it really, really comes down to is your relationship, your true relationship with God, God mm. dwelling within you, like, and living that truth living that truth and allowing him to express himself through you, you know, with you, in you. And um, every encounter, every person I meet, every situation I'm in, I, I, I have to, and I think this is what he intended for us, is to be aware that he is present right there with you and mm. in the other person, mm. right? So when I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to the Lord, whether or not you, you know, you know it, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, like, something in my own experience is that I have I guess I have one of the charisms where people tell me a lot about themselves out of nowhere you know so I <laughs> when, when, when I used to be the campus minister in Newman they said Lynn is the vault they would call me the vault <laughs> because everyone would just confide in me. they would just tell me yeah. stuff and, and you know and they're like Lynn will never say it you know so I, I see I see the dirtiness I guess people feel the messiness in their sins yeah. and and it's like Knowing my background, so I, without getting too far into it, you talk about those pivotal points. Um, oh man, I was M- Mary Magdalene is one of my. She's my, she's my girl. Like mm-hmm. because I, I just so identify. She may or may not have been the same woman that they, you know, the prostitute. The, there's yeah. all that theological stuff, but I identified with her in the point where she was on the ground and she just couldn't even look up. Mm-hmm. Jesus brought her up, right? Where, yeah. you know, I. I was in an abusive relationship for a long time. It, you know, I was in a biracial relationship for a long time. People couldn't understand it. Um, I've gone through, I've had three abortions. I've, um, I've tried to commit suicide several times. I've had mental health issues all my life, right? Mm. You name the medication, I've tried it. <laughs> like, yeah. I've been in therapy. I'm, I'm about as qualified to be <laughs> in this job as, uh, I don't know, the, you know, the guy right next to me who's going to grass, right? <laughs> and he totally could, you know. Yeah. But it's like, you know, God took all of this and um, he still brought me here, you know, because mm. it was like that, that relationship. And I, and I can look at these people that I'm talking to now and say, like, I'm not worthy to be here, but he made me, he still put me here. And if he could do that to me, then whoever it is that I'm talking to, whoever it is, like, I don't care. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, some sins hurt, you know, from people close to you. Some, some things are like, but again, you know, it's like, I, I'm also human, you know, and yeah. I, 
Mm-hmm. I, I get to take advantage of confession. I get to take advantage <laughs> of mercy, right? Yeah. So, like, um, there are many things that I want to, I ha- when fighting for justice, you know, working for the church, there's there's a lot of injustice, I guess you could say. There's a, there's a whole lot of injustice. But I also have to think about how I can fight for it effectively being mm. here how I can fight for the people that are in the pews or in the parishes that deserve Jesus, regardless what the person standing, you know, up there says, Mm. you know, um, I, and I have to, they, they formation is a right, you know, God came and gave freely. Like I remember those things when I'm doing this work. And, and the main thing I try to remember is that they can't have my faith. Mm. I'm not giving it up. Right. I don't care if it if the faith came over on Spanish ships that killed my native people, you know. I don't care if you know there were there was KKK in my church and that prevented people from receiving communion, you know, in 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 Louisiana. Like, I don't. I mean, I to the point. I I don't care about them so much that it would prevent me from my Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess so my, my God's my priority and the sins of the people all around they're not my priority so yeah. we have to be careful not to look at the you know it's always that the sins of the church to stop us and I and I get how so many people leave but then yeah. at the same time I, I was like thinking like you know that oh gosh there was this one woman I heard who said I stood at the back of the line I was the last one to receive communion mm. I fought for this faith not just to have my kids and grandkids leave it, you know, mm. <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah. um, and so I think about that and it's like, what is so beautiful about it that, that, um, that people were willing to die for it, you know? And, and so I try to keep that in mind being here that it's hard. Sometimes I have to have conversations that I don't want to have. Sometimes I have to adjust myself and speak a proper way, <laughs> you know, in order to get my, 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 um, my point across i i have to i have to lighten the blow you know um when i'm because i think that's where the piece that we forget is the mercy piece Mm. when we're fighting for the justice and 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 justice i think like you broke my bone i'm gonna break yours but mercy comes in it's like okay how do we heal this you know yeah and and um so i guess that's like me still staying here requires me to one be in full relate be in relationship with god often like knowing that i'm a worthy servant and yeah. he still deems me worthy and two that this isn't this doesn't belong to anyone else he gave it to me yeah and i don't have to ask anyone permission for it and three it's like there are people who are trying to stop people from having access to the faith and mm-hmm. i'm not gonna let that happen if i can if i can help it so yeah no I that's so that. dope what you're mentioning like you know obviously not it's not to you know minimize anything that the church has done that was extremely hurtful right but it's it's this idea of like you know getting back to the root of like why I'm here in the first place right right and and like why I believe what I believe and you know it can be very easy to like see all the stuff that's wrong or all of the things that have been done that were very hurtful and very painful, you know, for generations of people and for specific, right. The the church obviously has a very, you know, depending on who's telling the story, Mm -hmm. you know, there's stories (laughs) out there and, you know, we're familiar. We know we're we're aware of that. And what you're saying of like, 
like it's mine. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's so, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to say sometimes, like when, when folks look at you, like you were saying, like, what are you doing there? Yeah, <laughs> Cause yeah. I mean, I get that too. Like, wait, like, why are you <laughs> still doing like that, you know, right, church stuff. Right. And it's like, you know, like I, it's not that I don't know, right. The history, <laughs> yeah. right. Like yeah. I'm, I'm aware of it. And like, you know, we've all experienced things on our own being people exactly. within the church and, you know, we're, and sometimes I have to stop and ask myself, yeah, why am I still yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. And it all comes back to exactly what you're saying. Like I'm in relationship with God and this is where I believe he wants me to be. And it doesn't right. always make sense and yeah. it doesn't always feel good. And it doesn't always, you know, bring me life. Sometimes it sucks the life out of me. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but it's like, but I'm here, like mm-hmm. I'm here because this is where I think I need to be it, mm-hmm. independent of everything else going on around me. Like for some reason I fit into this picture. Um, right. right. You know, and, and it's just, it's so interesting. And I think in some ways, like empowering to say like, this is like, who are you to tell me that I got to leave my church? Like, right. like it's kind right. of that, right? Like this right. feeling right. of like, I feel like that's that. I don't want to say that's the easy way out. Cause I do think people leave under hurtful circumstances yeah. a lot of yeah. the time, totally. but you know, I think some people will respond by leaving and that's how they've discerned. And I do think some, some respond to hurt by you know, hunkering down and saying, absolutely not. Uh-uh, I'm staying. <laughs> I'm staying. I know you don't like that. I'm all about, you know, promoting right. my culture and you don't like that. I want this and that, but here I like, <laughs> I don't know if that's the, petty, the pettiness in me. <laughs> that's just like, Oh, wouldn't you love for me to leave? So right. you would, don't have to hear me anymore. Exactly. Try to like talk about these things. I'm sure that would be easy for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like it would make your life easier if I didn't talk about culture (laughs) at all. Um, if I didn't fight for my people at all, I'm sure that would be easier. Right. In some cases. Yeah, totally. Like I am not I should have been excommunicated, right? (laughs) Knowing my background, you know, but he still did something with me, you know, and I think. I think I think we also have to be careful not to use God's loving goodness as an excuse to continue staying in our sin. You know, mm-hmm. um, like we have to be aware of that oppressor, oppressee. We're all still sinful, you know, mm-hmm. like um, like you can be a slave and still an unworthy slave. Right. Right. You can you can be. I mean, we see that there were there are two there are two. Um, what are they called? The, the two thieves on the side, mm-hmm. side of Jesus, you know, and you yeah. have a choice, you have a choice to choose, you know, one said like, remember me when you, when you're in your kingdom, the other one was like, who do you think he is? You know? <laughs> so, I mean, just because we are oppressed because just because we are victims um, doesn't mean we are obligated or that we deserve righteousness. Right. Just mm-hmm. for the fact that we have been victimized. Yeah. Like, like we're not we, perfect. That doesn't make yeah. anybody perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and you, but yet there's a, there's a difference in the two thieves and one of them sought relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, same looking at Peter and Judas, one was like, man, I screwed up. I give up. The other one was like, yeah, I deny you. I'm 
sorry my bad <laughs> my bad can i can i still can I still be friends you know can i come to dinner though <laughs> right <laughs> your mom is there I know. Okay. <laughs> and the other one's oh like, i love that so i think that like that actually you know i think that we, we have to be careful in the fight for justice that we always think it's a fight and it doesn't have to be you yeah. know like because we're not called to fight we are called to fight things that are wrong but like yeah like you need you need time to rest. Yeah. You need time yeah. to assess. You mm-hmm. need time to see who are the casualties and tend to them. Like, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and it's like it's not just go, go, go. No, yeah. and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be because then you lose sight of it. Like then then you like you identify yourself as a warrior, knowing that's not truly who you are. That might be a that might be something you have to fit into a specific time. And sometimes you have to be the peacekeeper, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. and, and and it's like you that's something you also have to keep aware of and 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 yeah i think the only way to really be on top of that is being in right relationship with god where he illuminates i mean that as the holy spirit is illuminating your life where you can see it's like oh man you know i I was fighting so hard i busted through that wall that i probably shouldn't have you know that wasn't the right wall to bust through i was trying to get through the ceiling right yeah now i hurt my shoulder (laughs) right and i still didn't get where i needed to go exactly and now now i gotta fix the wall That's so true. And I love that you're like this, this need to be in relationship. Cause I mean, at the end of the day also, like, I think what's important about any type of justice work is like being in constant relationship with the people that are within, right. This ecosystem of of whatever it is, like you have to be in some kind of relationship, even with people that you are fighting in some form, right. Like you're in a relationship with them, you know, and, and what does that look like? How does that play out? What are the dynamics? Like all of those things are, are things that have to be considered, but like, it's like healing can only be achieved through a relationship. And, and it's important, I think in the work that we do, right. Like, to always remember that, like, okay, like at the end of the day, like, we're not going to get anywhere (laughs) if we just decide, you guys be over there. I'm going to be over here and we're just going to go about our separate ways. You know, like that, that's not a healing type of situation. Right. No. And I think, I that's think some people want. might want that. <laughs> I'll say that, that. Is true. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not accurate representatives. And, and I always have this issue with like, we must defend our faith. We must defend. And I'm like, tell me, who are you defending from? Who are we defending the faith from? Right. aren't those the same people that we should be sharing the good news with yeah or that sharing the faith the same faith as you right like right like oh you know you you know you sinner you you know and it's like uh, you know I get it like okay we there was once a time of like war and everything and it's like we must defend we must defend the the sacred (laughs) whatever yeah whatever it was (laughs) yeah but it's like we must defend this land you know keep it Christian and it's like hold on (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) yeah and it's like uh, yeah so I I have an issue with that and you know I guess I guess there's an appropriate time and place like if someone is like you know like attacking but like if we are in relationship you know relationship does require touch you know there has Mm -hmm. to be tolerate there's a difference between toleration and love right Mm. like I, I can tolerate you but you stay over there I'm tolerating you staying on your side of the fence but how do you build relationship? How do you build love? How do you love your neighbor? Yeah. If you're tolerating, because you can't, you can't tolerate and love, mm. right? Like, and it's like, oh, but they're, you know, 
but they're a gay couple or they're a black couple, you know, and it's like, okay. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> why are we whispering? Right? Yeah, no, like why, 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 why can't we say that? But it's just funny. My, my my daughter the other day, she was like, some people are afraid to say, you know, we were talking about being afraid to say black, right? Like, yeah, black. You know, it's like, okay, why? You know, and it's <laughs> what does that have to do with me? Because we bought, we be, we've been taught so many things are bad, and it's like why can't? Because we've been made to be afraid of things, you know. We've been made to Ooh, say, "Oh, yeah. like no." God's given you a spirit of, you know, righteousness. He's given you a spirit of courage, you know, and and you get that when you're confirmed. You get all those gifts so that you could use it. So you could say, "Okay, you know, I I can go out. I can I can talk to these people. I can share this light yeah. that was given to me." And if they don't want to hear it, you know, I'll. I'll water the ground, I'll dust it off, and I'll right. continue on, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. you don't got to fight everything. Not not everything is your fight, too. Like, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> Learn that. <laughs> <laughs> now, switching gears a little bit, just um, to talk about Filipino American History Month. You know, I've, <laughs> I always laugh because it's like it, being Catholic. And it's like in Filipino, it's kind of like mm-hmm. saying it's not yeah. the same thing, but I, I share in it's like in, so in my tightly, intro, like, right? yeah, like <laughs> I thought it was the same thing. I didn't For know real. Filipinos could not be Catholic. What is, you know, how does, how do you, you know, culturally identify and how does that identity kind of orient you, you know, to the way that you approach your work or like what influence do you think that has on the way that you carry yourself? Mm, that's so funny that's that that's a good question because um for so long you know automatic default without thinking about it, it's like oh, i'm filipino you know what does that mean like well then you get people saying oh you know where are you from where are you from in the philippines i'm like oh well actually my parents were born in my mom my mom's from cebu my dad's from a smaller island near cebu you know and then they're like oh so you're not from I'm like well so then it, we have to go like explaining I'm born here. I was born. I was born in Northern California, right? <laughs> My parents are. What are you really asking me? Okay, I know. Like, like, what do you? <laughs> What's the real I, question? I know which one. Do you want to know where my parents are from? You know, and then and then you get people from the Philippines. You know, trying to speak to me in Tagalog. I'm like, well, one, I can understand a little bit. Two, that's not even my parents' dialect, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's like, how do I identify? So it takes some, you know, takes some thinking about, it and it's like, and how does that affect? who I am now and the work that I do now and it's like I was actually asked that question for a thing that I you know when I when I was in Notre Dame and um about my community imagine dang who is my community mm. right and it's like I don't represent all the Filipinos right like but sometimes they have to because there's no one else yeah to, right and you can um, now speak on behalf of all of your yeah. people actually speak on behalf of all Asians please <laughs> just so, make it AAPI so we right? feel better so Middle Eastern you know so starting here and then going to like Guam like you know the, the <laughs> which islands like oh my god this spread like chopstick no chopstick hand eating yeah like, what is our <laughs> what's the, role, what's the like, qualifier what's, for this category where do we yeah <laughs> oh my goodness that's so <laughs> And then you take all this chunk and then you put me in Northern California in the 80s. So like yeah. I'm Gen X, you know, like so I grew up playing in the streets and like, you know, I grew up like riding our bikes around the, you know, I didn't have the internet yet. And then also then also like grew up when the internet exploded. 
than mm-hmm. all this fake news on the internet. <laughs> so it's like, who am I? Like, who is this complicated? You know, and yeah. um, so you know when I when when I, after discerning it, it's like I come from a people of seven thousand islands, mm-hmm. and only about four thousand of them populated. Mm-hmm. This is seven thousand somat on on low tide, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it depends on the, where the moon <laughs> is. The and then each island in itself can have a different dialect from the other side of the island, right? Mm-hmm. And yet we all claim to be Filipino, you know. And um, I thought about that, and it's like when I was in the middle of of missouri when well, not, not i was in missouri you know and and in illinois i was in that area you're like and, not misery i thought you said misery. misery oh well that too. <laughs> so i was dropping my, da- oh, <laughs> dropping yeah, my daughter off there right and um and i i realized that people were looking at me so strange like me and my aunt who were there and they're like and i could not figure it out but like he'll be passing by and be, be looking at us and like i'm like why do they keep looking at us like what's and then when you, you know, the, the point came when I, we were getting in an elevator and this white woman like broke her neck. Like she was just looking like, it's and then I was like, yeah. And, and it, so I looked and then the doors closed and I see our reflection. I, said, I figured it out. And she's like, I said, we're brown. Everyone here is black and white. They haven't seen us before. Right. Like uh, maybe some Mexicans, but you know, we'll get, you know, and I was like, dang, we're the only one. So, you know, figure that out. But then we like, we we go to the shrine and then there's like a grotto and then I'm walking around and then I hear it. I hear two ladies speaking Tagalog, right? And I'm like, of all places, like I haven't seen any any Asians. And then I get to the shrine, there's two Filipinos. And that reminded me of something saying something unique to the Filipinos is that wherever they go, they bring their faith with them. John Paul II even said that. Ooh. Philippines, you have a world to save, right? Mm-hmm. We've got cousins in Norway who are nurses. We've got people in the Middle East. Yeah, we've got them all over Korea, Japan. We're everywhere. So we are everywhere, <laughs> and we bring our faith. And 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 I was like, wow. And I'm I'm here, right? And my faith yeah. is with me. And and like you said, like Catholic and Filipino, they're not exactly the same thing, but it's so intertwined in our culture. Even our brothers and sisters who are Filipino and not Catholic anymore still see significance in Christian cultural things yeah right? mm-hmm. you know and so it's like you know no matter where we go and, and that's something that's like something about our faith like if the filipinos who have different languages who have different you know different customs oh yeah throughout the seventh you know seven thousand yeah. islands can be a united people then that tells you something for our faith mm. right and so so that's something yeah. significant for me as a filipino oh Catholic, i love that right and it's yeah. like and it's like I could look at another Filipino on the street and be like, "Yeah, you're like, yeah, you know, right." You find out, and you're like, mm, you know, you recognize that, right? Yeah, and 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 almost to the point, like, like, okay, and our faith is mixed within that. You can't take yeah. that away from us. I don't care if you're an atheist oh now my or gosh, whatever. That's so good. It's so like this guy up here, right? Like you may be Protestant, but you know who Santo Niño is, right? Right? <laughs> you know this guy right here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know what's crazy too? Cause I, now that you're, you're talking about it, like, it's really like, I'm thinking like, you know, with Filipino culture, it's so different, right? Like it depends where you go, where you are, what Island. And, um, mm-hmm. but we really do like, we we're so excited about all the, like, if you've ever been to like a Filipino, you know, um, dance company, 
right. 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 When they do all of the cultural, like we have so many different cultural, you know, they call them sweets, you know, the yeah. different, like there's Muslim sweet, there's tribal sweet, but yeah. like they're the different right cultures within the Philippines. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, we love them all. Like, I know, like, right. I, you know, I come from the Cebu, you know, Cebu also, but I also come from the Muslim region. Yeah. And like, I get super excited about a lot of those dances. Cause like, I know that like, that's where my dad grew up, but like, right. I'm sure you like people get really excited about that. Even if they're not from that area, oh, there's yeah. like a real, yeah. like, because it's ours, right? Like yes. it's not mine as a Filipino, but it's ours. It's ours because we are a collective Oh my we, gosh, you know, why can't are, Catholics uh, be like that, Lynn? Right? I mean, well, Filipino Catholics tend to be. But then there's also the something that's like, however, there's a downfall because we do have that crab mentality when we get over here. Oh yeah, something Unle- changes. Something changes unless there's someone against us. Mm-hmm. Then we come together. But um, <laughs> something <laughs> wrong with that. It's not perfect. The, the, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not if it's perfect, <laughs> but that's a really good example, I think, right. of like how to embrace like, what is it unity and diversity like it's a term we hear so much and like yeah I I forget that about the Philippines like thank you for reminding me that because it's like (laughs) you know especially you and I like we're both Cebuana right so (laughs) so we always bring that up um (laughs) but it's like there's there's something to be said I think about this idea of how Filipinos have learned right to be a united right people while still very i think vibrantly in many ways maintaining their like cultural identity yeah. depending on their region or their faith or their tribe or whatever it is like there's it's it there wasn't like a you know let's just paint it all white and start over type thing right, right it was like right. this is ours that's yours yeah we're just gonna be here all together we're just all, we're just all together yeah and i think sometimes i think like fighting for justice some some of um I guess our Filipino brothers and sisters here in, um, I guess in the United States or in the Western world, find some issues with the way the coping mechanisms of Filipinos, you know, and some of it can be very toxic, obviously, right? Like, you know, the, the, the uh, authority, the bowing down to the authorities and things like that, um, things that they've used to survive, like being yeah. colonized by everybody, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it- another podcast episode <laughs> <laughs> that can go on and on and on. But I mean, like, yeah. Uh, you know I, I, it there, there is a right to be angry you know for the way the filipinos have been uh, treated but at the same time i think there's a, there's a way to celebrate how filipinos have coped throughout the centuries of of being you know oppressed you know like we've been a people and and and, and the thing is it's so ingrained in us in our blood that we don't even realize like you know the blood of the oppressor is also running in the veins of the blood of the one that was oppressed mm-hmm. you know so before we can really like march and say oh hell no kick them out and it's like that that's us too yeah. and we are also guilty of that you know like you know we've got eskinol and like skin whitening stuff in the philippines you know we've got so yeah. much of that going on we still see that here and it's like yeah we're trying to fight it and and sometimes we're fighting ourselves so identifying what is it that we're trying to fight you know um as far as you know who who we are and 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 justice for the filipino you know and 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 what what kind of justice are we looking for mm-hmm. right what kind of equality what equality are we looking for yeah. uh, you know and it's like yeah and then aligning ourselves with other brown and black brothers and sisters you know who are struggling like 
why are we joining the struggle? Like, how are we becoming allies? Like, how are we taking our, our, our victimhood and, and aligning it? But also our privilege and how are we, you know, yeah. how are we aligning, you know, being allies to that too? So I think, you know, there's a, there's a beautiful benefit, you know, I, I think our culture is beautiful, you know, and we've been, we've been historically oppressed to it in this country like you know i mean especially when like yeah. the old timers that came here we, we've been here for a long time people don't you recognize sure have. Who we are. What, since the 1500s yeah way back way <laughs> back they're like and are you guys hold on you're asian but your last name is flores yeah tell me again <laughs> like <laughs> and then i speak spanish let's make you it real speak, complicated you speak spanish but you're from cebu <laughs> hold on <laughs> let's break down my identity crisis yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. There, there's this guy. There's this, there's this comedian who said, "If you took all cultures in the world and you mix them into the one, you get a Filipino." <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, pretty accurate." <laughs> oh man, I love being Filipino, though. I think you know, of course, every culture has their things that need healing for various right. reasons. But like, there's a lot to I think to be celebrated there, and a lot of things. You know, sometimes I wonder as well, like you know, as a Filipino woman, knowing how many, you know, in, in the church setting, right. Like knowing how many like Filipino Catholics there are. Right. Mm -hmm. And like realizing like where we're at, as far as representation in leadership within the church, right. Or looking at things like Filipinos in activism and in organizing, Mm -hmm. like, man, we have like a deep history in, you know, both in the, in, in the Philippines, right. When you look at just the, the history of, you know, you know, and led acted, you know, faith led political action in many ways, right. Like when you look at people power and then you get Filipinos here in the U S and it's kind of interesting to see, you know, like I, I feel, you know, on a personal level that I've seen kind of a disconnect within the Filipino faith community, when it comes to engaging activism, which I think is funny because in the Philippines, they're, I mean, at least in my perception, they're super intertwined, right? I mean, you can go back and find photos of nuns on the front lines praying rosaries, you know. Mama Mary in front of tanks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we see that, but then here there's almost like an aversion to it, right? Like we're we're over here praying and, you know, the likes of Larry Leong and Philip Veracruz, like that's Cesar Chavez times, that's a whole, right? There's almost like a, I don't want to call it an, an ignorance but it's almost like people know but there's they're just not wanting to engage with justice in the same way as filipinos in the united states yeah yeah and i don't know yeah. if you know maybe to close off if you want to like speak a little bit about that and how you see maybe like suggestions or ideas of like what is a path forward for like a filipino in a faith you know from a faith lens what does that look like to engage with justice because i feel like we've lost a little bit of that oh yeah yeah i think one of the benefits that the philippines has is that it's a it, it is the faith is so immersed in the culture that you can't get away from it right and and they recognize that the uh, the uh, the oppression there and the, the the sins of the of the or the the like i guess i say the, the oppression there is simple right they recognize that it goes against their faith Mm. Um, right but when you get here so many different people so many different things in the secular society um, you see that the oppressors are people from the faith right and uh, 
you don't want to be a part of that. You know, I've seen like a, a lot of my, my, uh, you know, our Filipino brethren, Philan brethren have left, you know, because the church is so oppressive here, you know, it's like, well, I'm gay. They don't want me. Right. Or I'm, I'm a single mom. They don't want me. Or I've got three dad, baby daddy. You know, they don't want me. Or, yeah. you know, you name it, right? And they yeah. don't want me. I'm not compatible with the church here. Whereas in the Philippines, mm. everybody, anyone. I mean, we had this thing in the Philippines where, gosh, what's the term? I mean, baklat wasn't a bad thing over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you've got you've got tomboys and baklat. You know, like over here, it's like identified and it's like oh, horrible. But over there, you've got you know you've got boyfriend and boyfriend sitting in the pews at church on Sundays and people are Mm -hmm. like you know and you've got we've got we've got freaking like talent shows and and pageants for men who are beautiful women yeah yeah (laughs) you know and Mm -hmm. and it's and it's become accepted there right it's just that's just who they are yeah over here it's like oh oh and so I think we're highly influenced by Protestant you know evangelical um almost christian nationalism in our church right Mm -hmm. so it's not welcoming the way it is i guess in the philippines even if the preacher in the philippines is preaching against it you've got to you know my my uncle my 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 uncle and his boyfriend are like yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's like because they still feel part of it right yeah Yeah, there's still a feeling of like i mean obviously like they feel safe there right um and like it's that's that's a very interesting observation yeah like they i mean god still loves them they'll still pray they'll still go to rosaries they'll still even if they're in their high heels like you know they're they're, they're still there whereas you can't do that in the united states you know the churches are you know almost guarded by a very conservative group even even the more liberal groups you know very few and um churches and they're they're already identified as oh that's the gay catholic parish right and yeah. it's like, that's not my parish though that's not my home so i think like navigating that here you know and fighting for justice the filipinos here have had to align themselves and it, i hate that we do this you know like who do we look to right we look to yeah. the catholic speakers here who are very white who are very right right and it's like and then, and then those who want to fight for social justice many times can't do it here because, um, because we are limited in our churches. We can't talk about that. We don't yeah. talk about that. That's not allowed. You know, you're dealing with institutions, yeah. you know, that, that are heavily influenced by that white evangelical Protestant view mm-hmm. of, of, of worth and of deserving. Whereas in the mm. Philippines, I think it's like, yeah, let's baptize you. Come on, you know, and, um, here it's like, no you're not you're not allowed so you leave and that that's very sad because i feel like if they were still allowed to fully practice their faith um the fight for justice would be even stronger Mm. right like those who have left the church and those who are still in the church because those who are still in the church are looking to authorities that probably don't align right looking to authorities for the answers and saying, well father so-and-so said this Oh, like, and then that's where the whole Filipino stereotype of, oh, 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 oh yes, sir, yes, sir. Yeah, okay, yes, sir. that's that's mm-hmm. that, that's my grammar when the white man came in, right? Yeah, you know, and it's like that's the only way you can fit into the church here. It almost feels like. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm gonna get in trouble for trying to. <laughs> <laughs> 
She does not speak on behalf of her employer. I do not speak on behalf of but I, I would love for people to fully live out their faith, including what recognizing when something is unjust and calling truth to it, calling it out, but then allowing mercy to also fill that space, you know, mm. and, mm. and allowing people to be fully who God calls them to be, even if that journey takes them out of the Catholic church into a Christian church, into a Muslim, wherever it is, mm-hmm. and then trusting that God will bring them back home. Yeah, wherever that either, is for them, right? Yes. Them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, I might, you know, I guess I don't not go too far, but my sister, my sister's gay, you know, her and her girlfriend have been together for a while, and um, she told me, her 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 girlfriend told me um, after her grandma died, she's like, I want to get baptized, right? And it's like, I, I didn't know how to tell her, like, you can't be baptized in Catholic faith because you're in a same-sex relationship, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and they're going to be like, like, nope. No, we won't take, I mean, maybe some parishes will. But it's like, seek the Lord, you know, do that first. Like, don't do anything else before that. Seek the Lord first, right? And ask God to guide you on the path to, to you know, how to be in full communion. And then we'll, we'll talk about it. Because I think she only wanted to be baptized because her grandma wanted that of her, right? Yeah. But it hit me in such a way, like, man, if you're truly seeking the Lord and you're in that relationship or not relationship or whatever, that says yeah. that I'm not worthy of it. Mm. Oh, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, and like I, yeah, yeah, I took communion all the time. I shouldn't have. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling <laughs> myself, but I took communion all the time when I was not in the state that I should because I said, Jesus, you're the only one that I don't know what yeah. else to do. I'm going to take you, yeah. <laughs> even though and I they probably can figure that out after. <laughs> we'll figure it out after. If yeah. I go to the gates of hell, like I was seeking you, Lord, right? Yeah. Is- <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's so. That really hits the what you're saying about how, like, you know. um, your sister's girlfriend like wanted to be baptized because that's what her grandmother wanted. And because of how, you know, um, how she lives her life today, she probably would not have access to the sacrament because like how many of us like came to the faith because that's what our grandma wanted, you know? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> like, I think, I think that was many of our stories yes. is like, you know, my grandma, my grandpa, my whoever's and what, you know, whatever ancestor said, this is what we do. Right. And maybe I wanted nothing to do with it. And maybe I didn't yes, have a choice because I, I was a baby, you know, yet here I am. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's kind of, you know, I mean, that's, that, that's something to kind of chew on and to think about because, you know, I think there's still many people who have experiences like that, yeah. you know, and in, in cultures like ours, you know, I think Latino culture is very similar, you know, where yeah. our elders were so rooted in their faith. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I have a friend that like, that's her, their, you know, her father-in-law's dying wish is just like, can you please baptize these children, yeah. you know, and whatever his motivations are, you know, and the mom's like trying to figure it out because she's like, it's like the one thing he wants before he dies is like to see, and she, she's not, you know, the, their mom is not Catholic. Right. Um, so she's like trying to understand it, but she's kind of like, I mean, okay, like if, yeah. Yeah. if that, you know, if that's your dying wish and they can't really articulate all the theology and everything behind it, but they have this desire yeah, and they want that for their children and their grandchildren and their, you know, like, I mean, that's how the ancestors come through. Right. Like, I mean, it's just like, man, how do we, how do we live into that reality? Right. Culturally um, where we say like, this is how the faith has been transmitted in our culture and handed down for years, yes, um, yes. centuries, you know, generations, Mm -hmm. um, but here it's almost like it's, it's very individualized. Right. Oh, and yeah. again, like when yeah. we look at, you know, and I, that's definitely something, um, 
to think we about. encounter yeah we encounter yeah. a culture that breaks us apart Ooh. right like that's what com- that's what happens when you get here like oh i'm a part of a collective and now i'm just me yeah and um yeah. my collective says this is the faith we believe in but yet me i have to think by myself and which isn't totally bad but it's like how do you how do you connect that how can i be me in my in, in my family right yeah 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 totally well thank you so much for <laughs> sharing all your thoughts i know um i know it's a lot and i just i really admire you and the work that you do and just the way that you've really learned how to kind of navigate the tension <laughs> of being someone who's very passionate um about justice yet passionate about formation and passionate about just you know living the faith in a way that you know can really bring people to life so i'm just so grateful for you <laughs> thank you i might be slightly off but <laughs> you know we're human <laughs> <laughs> well thank you I'm, I'm so thankful for the work that you're doing where i mean who knew we were coming out of cebu right i know right <laughs> our ancestors are like hey that's where that's where christianity originated in the philippines there right? you go like so and I'm sure my grandma's 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 made her get baptized and here I am. Exactly. And here we are. So you continue like with the uh, with the bolo and I'll be behind you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Lynn. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. The Inner Community Peace and Justice Center is sponsored by 24 Catholic religious congregations. Grounded in the charisms of our sponsoring congregations and Catholic social teaching, we build community to act for systemic change in our church and world. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Any notes or references from the interview can be found on our website at ipjc.org slash justice rising. You can follow IPJC's work on Instagram at IPJCSeattle. If you like this episode, please consider donating to support our work at ipjc.org, as well as hitting the subscribe button to follow along wherever you get your podcasts.